Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Authentic Audience Podcast. Today, I'm recording in Boulder, Colorado, and I'm joined by Leticia Reyes, and I am so excited to have her on the show. She is the executive director and co-founder of 109 World, one of my favorite organizations. I've been pretty much obsessed with her since I met her almost five years ago. She is a wealth of information when it comes to nonprofit organizations, entrepreneurship, women in business, and so much more. I learned so much from her on this episode. It's probably one of my favorite episodes so far. I'm so excited for you to hear it, and I hope you enjoy it. Leticia Reyes is the co-founder and executive director at 109 World, a nonprofit organization that helps social media influencers leverage their networks and community through humanitarian trips to drive resources and awareness to pressing global challenges. She is also a member of the Forbes Nonprofit Council. Previously, she was the Atlantic Regional Director for the Holt Prize Foundation, the world's largest student social entrepreneurship competition run in partnership with President Bill Clinton. Before that, she was responsible for designing and managing official political and trade delegations for the Danish Embassy in Brazil. Whew! Oh, yeah, yeah. Welcome. I think it makes it sound more badass than I actually am. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> How are you? I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. So happy you're here. How do you feel? How is everything going? Everything is great. So happy you're here in Boulder. So we're recording this from Boulder, Colorado. Sorry, I the weather is not the best right now. No, it's Boulder. You're wrapped in your very comfy <laughs> scarf. My shawl. <laughs> shawl. My homeless sheep look. Um, yeah, I love Boulder. I got here and it was 70. I know. How crazy. And then it snowed like a foot of snow. <laughs> so, and here we are. And here we are. Um, yeah, I am loving Boulder. There's some really amazing women in Boulder. I think three of my favorite women are here. I've got Emery here, Erin Weed, who I just had previously on the podcast, and you. And so coming here is like, it's so fun. Maybe you should move here. Everyone keeps saying that. <laughs> There's, There's no, no ocean. ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I know people are getting tired of my answer, but it's a really special place and there's amazing like work happening here. Mm-hmm. And I got to see that yesterday. You came to the event, which was, was so much fun. I got so much out of it. And your talk was amazing. Thank Please you. start making that viral. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is I actually could. Yeah, exactly. My that's what you do. <laughs> that's your work. So if I, you know, it's up to me how many people view that basically. Um, yeah, no, I'm really glad you came. And it was just cool to see like the community of people there. Mm. Like as soon as I told you about the event, you're like, oh, great. I'll come. I'll get a ticket. And then you're like, oh, my God, Aaron Weed. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, there's there's so many people there that I knew when I walked in. I was like, Boulder is awesome. Yeah. Boulder is awesome. So I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to know you. I've been a fan for a while. Was that a supporter too? I I do. And I appreciate you so much. I love 109 and I love Leticia. Um, When was that that we met? 2015. It was 2015. Yes. Okay. So four years. Yes. Wow. Time flies. So let's talk about how we met. That was fun. 
That was wow. <laughs> that was crazy. That was packed. I got <laughs> an ulcer in my eye that week. Do you remember that? No, I don't. So I was so stressed out. So <laughs> basically, I had like sort of just gotten deported from Aruba. Or, like, politely asked to leave Aruba. Yeah. So I was still working for Rachel. And she was like, hey, we're launching this thing. Um, so I said, great. Uh, and then it turned out that you were in San Francisco. And I was in San Francisco. And you were coming on as the co-founder. Yes. And so we had the launch in San Francisco, which is the only reason why it was there is because we were there. Yeah. So without ever meeting, um, we planned a launch. Yes. Yeah, so we just met the day before. The no? day before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit of a stressful week, but it was kind of awesome. Like yeah. I got to hang out with you and Olivia. Um, Being the co-founders. I don't know if people know. Who oh, yeah. We'll talk about this. <laughs> so uh, you run uh, 109 World. You're the yes. co-founder, executive director, and Olivia was working with you to launch this thing at yeah. the time along with Rachel. And um, I was just doing like sort of odd jobs for her at the time and was like, sure, I'll launch this event. Um, And people showed up. It was so nice. It was beautiful. It was amazing in terms of the community not being curious, but being ready to be supportive of that initiative. And, uh, And I feel like that's the personality of people in San Francisco is like, you know, they're very tuned and wanting to learn more and very active. So I think it was a good, you know, good that we were both there. It was good. It was a good choice. And I just met you and I remember being like, wow, like I need to step it up a level. Like (laughs) I was so inspired. No, truly. Like we sat down, we like met at the thing and then went down and had lunch. And I just remember being like, I'm on her team. Like (laughs) I want to be involved in what she's doing. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Because you have, like, a very beautiful way of, like, you know, and I think as unfortunate as this is to say, as, like, women in business, like, you really own it Mm -hmm. um, and show up and, like, don't fuck with you kind of thing. And I was very soft at the time. I think I've learned a lot in the last four years, especially now that I'm running my own business. But I was like, wow. Like, you can be inspiring and warm and thoughtful and also – like stand up for yourself. Thank you. So needless to say, I was very impressed and I've basically been stalking you ever since. No, you've been a massive <laughs> help to me ever since. I don't know where I read it, but, and it stuck with me. I think it might be Stephen Crossfield, but I could be misquoting. Um, when you want like a mentor or someone in your life, you just like kind of keep poking them with yeah. value. Every- yes, that is so genius. I agree. And with you. so you are one of those people that I'm like, how can I bring more value to you? Because I want to like, you know, have you as a mentor in business and, and in my life. So every time I'm coming to Boulder, I'm like, hey, what can I do for you? Can we hang out? What? And I'm always like, oh my God, Chris is the only one that can help me, help me with this. So. Yeah. Well, now it's fun. And so I've been, um, you know, helping a little bit with the marketing strategy. A little bit. A lot. Yes. We've got some retreats sold out. Yes. We That's had awesome. Mexico last year in December. Marrakesh happening now in May. And then Zion were close. Yes. Yes. So a lot of exciting things happening. And I want to talk all about it and, like, have you explain it. But needless to say, I'm a huge fan. And you uh, are now currently running 109 World. Um, and it's grown a lot. How yes, many trips? So many different ways. How many trips are you guys leading? Uh, and so this past 
three years and a half, we have ran 13 trips to 11 different countries. Whew. I know. That's, That's amazing. pretty amazing. Supporting amazing local grassroots organizations and different causes from um, helping women victim of sexual violence to providing with disaster relief support after earthquakes and in Ecuador in 2016, the hurricane in Puerto Rico um, last year, um, and have much more on the lineup for this year. Yeah. So for people who don't know about 109 or like sort of the main mission of it, and I don't want to, you know, mess it up. So I'll have you say it, but basically, you know, each trip focuses on a different cause. cause. Um, and then you pull influencers to help lead these trips. And I mean, you tell me. Yeah. So the ultimate goal with our experience is that there are a lot of moving parts and that's one of the challenges. I think when you're starting something is you try to focusing this one, I do this one thing, I'm, I excel this one thing. And I agree that in certain cases, that needs to be the case. But uh, I feel the world needs to stop requiring from us to just label this one thing we need to be we can be good at many things, we can support in many different ways, we can show up in many different ways. And that except like, basically what 109 does is like many different things. So ultimate goal for us is to design these experiences that last one week and that individuals take part, they can come and uh, they will go through a very well curated uh, mindfulness programming during that week. But also uh, we offer them the opportunity to put that self-awareness, that self-love into service to the world. We feel we've been living in either side of the pendulum. Either we just take care of ourselves, just practice self-love and self-development and don't really put that into service, or we're just burning out, emptying our cups very like very fast, just giving back and not really taking care of ourselves. And you really find fulfillment and purpose when you have a combination of both. So our trips... Uh, want to offer that to people. Re- either remind them if they forgot along the way or introduce that new you know, lifestyle to them. And a way that we do it is partnering with influencers that could be individuals that are very famous, have big communities on social media or corporations and big brands um, to be the hook to draw these people to come uh, on our trip. So we always have either a brand or an influencer personality involved with our trips um, to help us amplify the message. So a lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts, right? A lot of people are like, I got lost in the middle of the way. I'm like, try to understand because this is the new century. No, I mean, I followed that perfectly, but I'm just thinking from a logistical standpoint on the back end, like that's a lot. Yeah. And I love what you said about, you know, a company having permission to evolve and my company, especially we are not what we were when we started. Mm -hmm. We are actually nothing close and it's only been two years Yeah. um, because we're really trying to, what happens with us is we find a client that, for example, I, I'm like, I want to work with you. How can I help? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, here's where the break in the flow is happening, to use my language. Where's yeah. the break in the flow happening? Um, and how can I help you solve that problem? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of evolved into seeing, okay, here are the problems that people need solving. Here are the holes that are happening in marketing. And then we sort of, you know, with our council and the people that we have in our community of marketers, try and solve that problem. And so now what what we're doing is Facebook ads. Because that's a huge gap for people. Mm -hmm. Uh, People don't know how to do it. They feel like they're wasting their money if they've tried it. And there's just, 
it, Facebook doesn't make it easy. It's not like an intuitive thing. Um, and it, for me and Clay, we both say this, like what Facebook does is it gives small companies the opportunity to be seen by thousands and thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of people. And so you can say what you want about Facebook from, but from that perspective, it's really powerful. And so that's sort of our focus right now. I'm also moving into this focus of, okay, email marketing. Yeah. And before that, I was all about social media. And so it's like, you got to evolve with the world yes. yeah. <laughs> and with the demands. And like you it's said, right. like. You need to keep relevancy. I don't yeah. know if the word even exists in English, but yeah, you need to be yeah. relevant, right? Definitely. Constantly. Uh, otherwise, there's no reason for your organization to exist. Yeah. I love that. And I think you have like a whole added layer, which is something I really want to talk to you about because you're the only person that I'm like personally close with running a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> which I think, you know, starting a business from scratch on your own um, or building a business, you know, from the ground up is very challenging. Yeah. And a nonprofit comes with its oh, own yes. set of wonderful yeah. challenges. And yeah. what you were just saying before this is you had a hard time even finding inspiration or researching like how yeah. to do this. Like there's nothing really out there. No, uh, nothing really out there that makes you want to read, <laughs> you know, or start a nonprofit. In terms of either it's too glamorous and it feels too far away from you. If you're like really starting with whatever you have at hand. And in my case was nothing. Honestly, I had two, two friends, two co-founders, and that was it. We didn't save up. We didn't look for investment. So in terms of money and a network, we had to build everything from scratch. And when you start reading, okay, so how do I build a network? Everything, they make, they, they highlight the the easiness and the excitement of the, of it and not like it's going to be hustle. And you sometimes we need to put your head down and work and work and work and, um, and just be, you know, go through very tough situations, very uncomfortable situations where people would treat you horribly. I went through, I, oh my God, I have so many stories, like being a woman, I am Brazilian in the U.S. and I look like I'm 30 years old now, but I look like 15, you know? So all of that closed so many doors for me just by the way I look and where I come from. So there's nothing around that either that I could find at least easily to to read. And I was searching, you know? I feel like you're going to write a book. (laughs) But I'm not kidding. (laughs) But um, I like feel that just from what you just said. I could market it. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) let's go let's try to but again it's it's yes it's really hard to find the resources that are really down to earth and really realistic uh to how it is actually to start something if you don't really have a lot to leverage uh so my advice is always start you know you learn by doing if you sit down and do all the research and keep thinking and brainstorming with friends or you might have a mentor here and there. Uh, you could sit and do all of that for years and not start something. You know, there is a saying that Tom Chi, who's a co-founder of Google Ads, and he's now I'm so lucky, very close to the network I'm part of. And he keeps saying, you can read so many books about how to ride a bicycle. 
You can read thousands of books. It doesn't mean that right, at, right after reading these thousand books, you'll be able to ride that bicycle. Only when you sit and start pedaling and falling a lot, <laughs> you're going to be able to do it. And so that's my biggest advice. Just go, just jump on that bike and start pedaling. You're going to fall. It's going to hurt really bad. You're going to be really frustrated. You might be very insecure to continue trying to pedal, especially if you're pedaling in front of other people that know how to ride a bike, uh, but you need to do it. Otherwise, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so true. I find, especially in working with the clients I work with, so many people are like, oh, well, I'm like redoing my website. Or I'm like building my logo mm-hmm. for like the 15th time. Yes. And I'm like, oh go God. out and launch. <gasps> yes. Like just launch. And yeah. recently a client came to us and they did launch and the product was sort of, it had problems. And so now they're sort of like going back. And I was like, I commend you for launching. Like you launched, yeah. you know, like yeah. maybe it wasn't a huge success, but you learned so much from launching that you wouldn't have ever learned if you didn't launch. Yes. And that to me, like a launch and a failure is better than no launch at all. Yes, I agree. And your words of acknowledging and telling them that is so motivating. Like words from other people you you value so much because sometimes you just need that like motivation, you know, or that just word of a, like affirmative thoughts and, yeah. and wishes um, towards you. And so I appreciate you for for sharing that with the people or your clients when they have the courage to just launch that word of like, yes, congratulations. I don't really care the results right now. I don't. But just launching yeah. is a big, massive milestone. It is. It's really important. And we did that with Authentic Audience. Like we were so like, just sort of like, well, what should our offer be? And, da, 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 da. and then finally Clay was like, let's just get a client. Yeah. And that's always his advice. He's like, get a client that has a problem need, that needs solving, yeah. you know, and then work with them and then go to the next one and the next one. And so I think as entrepreneurs, which would you call yourself an entrepreneur? Absolutely. Okay, yes. good. Because you're like one of <laughs> <Yeah>. my favorite. <laughs> I think that that's one of the risks and or beauty or beautiful parts of being an entrepreneur yeah. is like the constant evolving and shifting and, yeah. you know, reshaping um, what you're doing. And if you don't allow for that, yeah. then you won't grow. Yeah. I think the meaning in here is like switching a little bit, but it comes from French is a French word. And I think the meaning of entrepreneurship is to take something with your own hands and make it something else, you know? Like I love so that. So it's like, really, you know, entrepreneurship is starting something with whatever tools you have at hand. Like right now with whatever I have, how can I create something? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I think that's going to be my like clip I use to yeah. promote this. That was really, <laughs> Look at the marketing. That was a really real here. <laughs> For her brain goes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't not, especially when it's a company like yours that I'm, I'm really like invested in. And mm-hmm. I have, I, I worked with Rachel for a long time before I met yeah. you. Um, I was very close with her when the idea of 109 came about. And so it's something that I've just been not so silent cheerleading. Yeah. I'm pretty like loud cheerleading for 109 since day one and just watching what you've been able to do with it mm-hmm. and create with it. And every time we talk, you're so positive. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that about you. But one thing that I do want to talk about is the hustle that that goes into it, especially the nonprofit and the, the hoops you have to jump through. And I know we touched on it, but it can look really sort of 
uh, glamorous oh, from yes. the outside. Yes. Like, oh, I travel to all these retreats and I'm staying in these beautiful places and we have all these followers and da 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 da. And it from the outside appears to be very smooth and very mm-hmm. successful. And one thing I like to do on this podcast is two things. One, it's possible yeah. to create, like you just said, um, something that you love and build a business out of it, nonprofit, organizations, you name it. But it's also not easy. No. And anybody who says it's easy. I don't know. Is lying to you. Yes. I don't know. Like, I really want to know their stories. Yeah. So that's one thing I sort of wanted to dive into. I know very little about the nonprofit world mm-hmm. um, and just sort of that process. I'm going yeah. through it with another client right now that's like looking to create a foundation. And ay, ay, ay. I have mm-hmm. no idea where to even start. Yeah. Like, actually, no idea. The only- Hire an attorney. <laughs> Hire an attorney. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, well, this is my experience. Again, I'm, like, not generalizing. Some people might have, I don't know, a completely different experience with um, incorporating a nonprofit. But for me, the challenge is start with deciding if you're a nonprofit or not. And, and how do you make that decision? Oh, my God. Please really stop and think and talk to everybody in every field from having a B Corp, a straight on public charity, a private foundation or a family foundation, a, a, a business. Um, just talk to all of them and ask what are the advantages and disadvantages, the challenges and the opportunities. Uh, and if you're launching, you don't have any co-founder, decide that yourself, like by analyzing all of that. And also thinking what I'm really good at, you know, is it more having that freedom that being a business gives you, like you can out of the blue shift the entire business direction if you want tomorrow, because you have the freedom to do so, unless you have 30,000 investors, but if you're starting, probably not, or maybe right. yes, but that's another story. Our but, listeners, yeah. for the context of this podcast, yeah. probably not. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so if you do not have any investors, uh, any like shareholders, you make that decision. And if you do, if you think you're going to thrive more with that freedom, maybe then a business is a for profit business is the way to go. Um, if you're really good at fundraising, if your model, um, is driven and centered around impact and philanthropy, then it's obvious the choice, right? You go for yeah, a It seems like a nonprofit yeah. was the pretty obvious yeah. choice. For-, for me, so, so here's the thing. For us, for 109 too, I was initially, and now I'm grateful that we are a nonprofit, but I wish we were a for-profit business. I think we could do as much as impact as we do now being a for-profit and having the freedom to be very creative because um, personally for me, my personality, I'm horrible at asking for money. I don't know how to do it. I don't have network. I don't have a wealthy network that if I cannot pay my bills next month, could ask a friend that could bridge that for me and then mm-hmm. say, Oh, whenever you have the money, you pay me back. Do not have a friend <laughs> like that. that. Wouldn't that be nice? You know? So yeah. um, for me, I wanted to be a for-profit business because I also think we sometimes think as money as, as an investment, as a donation and forget the power of charging for a service or charging for a product and then using that money to do good. Yeah. So that, that can happen in a for-profit business too. Uh, and doing that as a nonprofit gives you so many more regulations to follow because then there is the question 
oh, why are you selling this really? Are you really doing the impact? Because at one point, you need to be equally worried about making the money and creating the impact, right? Wow. Except like on the, on the other hand, if you have a donation, you already got that money. So you're 100% focused on the impact. So I can see why people would question why there are more regulations if you are a nonprofit with a different model, which is 109's case. Like we charge for our trips, participants pay for an amount um, and we direct a percentage of that as a philanthropic dollars to our local grassroots projects we support. Um, so we are impact centered and driven, but we also need to worry about selling something. And um, you also need to get paid. Yes. And we also need to get paid. <laughs> I like, and that's when the challenge comes. Yeah. Because being a nonprofit with this model is because we cannot, there isn't, I won't get into law and law, <laughs> all the boring stuff about being a nonprofit, but you, if you are making money out of a service of a product and you are a nonprofit, there is a ceiling of things you could charge. So I could be actually charging more potentially for my trips and making money and being able to pay my team, like being safe that I can, I have money next month to pay my team but I can't because I'm nonprofit. So that's when I'm talking about the freedom. If I were for profit, for profit business, I could charge whatever the heck I wanted yeah. and whatever the market market and demand was telling me. But being a nonprofit and having that model, um, it limits your, you really like a lot. So what are some of the <laughs> positive sides of being a the nonprofit? nonprofit? Yeah, just because, I mean, I didn't know any of that. Yeah. You know, and so, and also just like selfishly um, thinking about myself and my business, like I have thought, I think a lot of people have this dream of like, oh, I want to have a nonprofit yeah. one day. And it's just like kind yeah. of this thing that we throw yeah. out of like, yeah. oh, great, my business is successful. I want to give back. Like I yeah. want to start a nonprofit yeah. without even knowing what that means. Yes. I yeah. like can't tell you how many times I've like heard, oh, I want to start a nonprofit. I mean, I've said it. Yeah. Um, and just like kind of the regulations that go along with so that. Many, so, so many regulations. Yeah. yeah. So I it mean. It doesn't matter the size of your nonprofit. It doesn't matter the no. size. So like give me like a uh, play devil's advocate and what it like, why, why would I want to start a nonprofit? Uh, first, you have a mission that is very close to your heart. Um, and you want to, this is my opinion again, <laughs> uh, you, you have enough resources that could be directed to that mission. If you're going to struggle and hustle, you're already hustling with your business. If you're going to hustle to direct resources and support to that mission. I would reconsidering if you actually should be opening or launching a nonprofit. But if that's a, that abundance already exists, then it makes total sense yeah. for me, my opinion, totally. my personal opinion. Yeah. Now, if you want to start a business that is a nonprofit, like we did with 109 World, uh, then it's a matter of, again, analyzing that, you know, freedom and understanding which model you're going after. Uh, are you having a sister, opening a sister organization at the same time? Are you an arm of another existing organization? So all of that you need to consider. But the good things about being a nonprofit is uh, there is so many there are so many people that have abundance in the world they are ready to give back yeah. and you just need to be in front of their eyes and hopefully they will love you and they will be aligned with your values and mission and they will be willing to support you and that's the beauty of it is like seeing actually how the, yes there are many wealthy people um that's not the conversation we're getting into but 
I would say most of them are willing to give back and make the world a better place. At least in some capacity, right? Even if they can't pay. Like that's, I mean, one thing that I, like, I wouldn't have, you know, approached you and been like, hey, let's get on a call. Let me consult. Let me do this. Like if you were for profit, yeah, you know, because it's like I, by me helping in my one small way is like, okay, well I'm giving back. Like I'm helping. And I think just like the fact that you're a nonprofit, like sort of has this certain level of like, great, if I'm involved with that, if I'm yeah. paying them, if I'm working with them, if yeah. I'm giving my services, my time, I'm helping in yeah. some way. Yes. Um, even though, which it's kind of silly because for-profit businesses are helping as well. Oh my God. Yes. In big, big so ways. Many. So it's just an interesting conversation that I'm very new to. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing all that. And I think it's, there's a lot of research and like time and like energy that needs to go into just starting these things. Yeah. And no, like I, I, I joked, but I was not joking. First thing, hire an attorney that knows first how to, that their success rates of getting organizations um, uh, granted the 501c3, the nonprofit status, try to find those. And there are at least the one I have, and he's on my board, Rihan Hassan. He's like an angel in our lives. <laughs> yeah. and he helped us with the entire process. He was very knowledgeable and giving us all these pros and cons. Um, so them can, they can help you a lot. Don't do it just yourself because also the law itself. And, and again, we're talking in the U.S. I have no idea how it goes. The process goes anywhere else in the world because we are incorporated here in the U.S. But um, there are so many little things here and there and gaps here and there in the law that uh, like somebody that has that background that is a professional in the field can point those out for you to be aware of. It's just so interesting to me that like people have to jump through so many hoops to like do good. I know. Like it's like, at least they do though. I know. Point. And it's just so hard. Like I've, I've, you know, knowing yeah. what you went through to like, just get that 5013C yeah. and get that nonprofit incorporation is like a whole thing in itself. So yeah. Um, We're going to take a quick little break and come right back and hear more about our future plans for 109 um, and talk about some inauthentic and, of course, authentic Sounds good. I mean, I'm just, like, sitting here like I knew none of this, you know? I just think it's such helpful information for people, and I'm glad that you're talking about this because... It's just not easy. Like, it's not easy to run a business normally and to run a nonprofit. Like, like I said, like people have to jump through a lot of hoops and I'm glad they do. But thinking about sort of like the future of 109 and I mean, you've just accomplished so much. Like, I can't believe it's only been four years and you've Mm -hmm. led so many trips and like your network is incredible. And I've just, I've been watching you guys grow and it's, it's pretty amazing. And it's, you're just so good at it. Like I called you or you called me, you're like, Hey, what's going on with this page, you know, and I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation where I'm like, oh, I, we just need to redesign the layout of this page. And I sent you like a couple options within a week. You had personally gone in and redesigned every page Yes, and they're gorgeous. I now use those. I literally (laughs) use those in my program as examples of a beautiful retreat landing page. Thank you so much. And when you did that, it just, I mean, you're constantly sort of blowing me away, but you didn't have someone else like go in and do that. You went in. That's one of the hard things is starting your own thing. Yeah. You learn learn so much out of necessity because you just don't have money to pay for anybody else. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Do you love it? Yes obsessed 
Yeah. It's like uh it's 24/7 thinking. I I was telling you last night I've been sick for the past two months mm-hmm. and I have to be strategic about my sickness. Like honestly, I am like <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Today I feel great. So I've been having this vertigo crisis. Sometimes I wake up, I cannot even step on the floor because everything's spinning. Uh, And sometimes I wake up and it feels like I'm 100% again. So the days I'm 100%, I am working. I'm focused. I I wake up to the moment I go to bed, I am working because... Tomorrow, I might everything might be spinning and I won't be able to function. So, like, isn't that level? Uh, but I'm exaggerating a little bit. But I'm also very self aware of. I know my limits, and I know I was I burned out in 2017. I went to the hospital two times, and it's so sad because I always had that. I always heard those stories. Oh, I vomited blood, and I'm like fuck, I'll never get to that point. I got to that point. I didn't realize I was burning out and I went to the hospital twice. It took me the second time to realize, oh, this is actually stress. It's, there's nothing wrong with me. Um, so since then, unfortunately, that had to happen for me to also listen to my body. There are days that I wake up and I really don't feel like doing shit. Yeah. I just think that's so like it's such a good point because I like we're obviously doing this every day because we love it. Yeah. And it's so funny with my entrepreneur friends, we kind of get together and all we do is complain, even though we love it so (laughs) much. But it's like this thing of like, obviously I love this thing and I wouldn't do anything else. And you're making such an impact, but the struggle is so real. And I recently had a similar thing. I, um, like you can burn out doing what you love. Yes, absolutely. And I yes. think a lot of burnout happens from doing what you love because yeah. you love it so fucking much. Exactly. You spend all of your time doing it. And this happened to me. Um, I got uh, really sick and got a parasite a couple months back and it affected my, apparently a lot of your serotonin lives in oh, your gut, wow. which I did not know. So it actually made me really depressed, which mm-hmm. I deal with anxiety, but I've never dealt with depression and like made me grateful for my anxiety, yeah. let me tell you, and literally couldn't get out of bed and had to strategically plan yes. when I wasn't going to get out yeah. of bed. Get like, that level. how bad do I feel today? Like, will I give myself a day later this week if I feel worse? Yeah. And nobody is telling me to do it. Yeah. I'm the one yes, that's like exactly. pushing myself. Like yeah. nobody, nobody said like, get out of bed, do the work. I could push four calls. No one would say a thing. Yeah. It's me. Yes, exactly. Like I am the worst boss. <laughs> I know we are always. But again, it's what you said. When you're building something, and again, here we're glamorizing a little bit, but it's reality. Like you believe in it so much, but also you you're the one moving that company, that organization forward. No one else is going nobody to. else yeah. is going to. So when you have that knowledge and you know what it needs to be done, you're like, but I'm the only one that needs that Like, how could I not do it? And I just, I love that this has come up because I've had this conversation with a lot of my friends recently who, um, like, I have this one friend. I I love her. Actually, I need to introduce you to her. Um, Anyway, that's a separate thing. (laughs) But she works for a bigger company. And she was like, whether I work to 3 o'clock or 9 o'clock on a Friday night, I don't get paid any more or less and don't move the needle anymore. Yet she loves what she does. She's making a huge impact. But for me, those six hours could make all the difference in the world. Absolutely. And Clay and I talk about this all the time, especially, I mean, I know your partner works 
crazy hours as yes. well and is super passionate about what he does. Yeah. And we not only are super passionate entrepreneurs, but it's our business and we live together. Yeah. So it's like, well, we could go on a date night or we could grow our business <laughs> that we love. But I think it comes back to like burnout is real. Yeah. Good, good stress and bad stress. It's both stress. Yeah. That's another thing I learned. Yeah. Um, and it's just not good to like be on that roller coaster. So I'm actually doing this women's program right now that fell into my lap in the most beautiful way. And it's all female entrepreneurs and business owners. And it's self-care, self-love, boundaries, and time management. Yes. It has nothing to do with the actual business. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't need another business coach. I need like a person to coach me on what to do when yes. I'm not working and how to, when it's your business, not like live and breathe. Yeah, to not think that anything else outside that is a waste of your time because it's not. And you're going to regret it. You know, that sounds cliche, but... Sometimes I'm watching Netflix. I'm like, what the heck am I watching Netflix? I have so much to get dead. No, it's important to have the chill time, you know, to just focus on something else. Uh, Either that's your hobby, that's exercising so you can keep healthy, being healthy, or having a date with your partner or being with your family. That's equally important. And that actually helps in your business. Because if you have tension in everything else around you, that will affect how you perform in your business. Yeah. Um, so, so that's that. I mean, that it's happens. just a learning <laughs> process, you know, but I think I've been talking to some people lately and there's like no other life I would rather be doing than like, it's just risky. It's fun. It's exciting. It's challenging. And when you do succeed, you succeed for you. Yeah. And one thing I love about both of our businesses, yours obviously more than mine, is I feel like when we succeed, I've made an impact. Yes. Because the clients I help, the people I work with, like you, when we sell out a trip, it means that thing is going to get built in Ecuador or, you know, those women are going to get. So it's like, and most of my clients are that way so that when we do succeed, I feel like, okay, I've made a dent. Yeah. And I've made an impact, which actually puts even more pressure on it sometimes. Yeah. Because it's not just for money, it's to like make an impact. Yeah. And the more I work, the more people we can help and yeah. on and on and on. So I think we're just always learning, but it's nice to have these conversations. Yes. With people in the similar boat because at the end of the day, I love it. And also it's really fucking hard. It is. Yeah. And that we're talking about like we love it and we love it so much, but also there are days. That we, we wake up and you're like, I don't want to do any of this. No. And I don't even know if it's going to work out. And I don't know if, I don't even know if I'm going to be successful. Like there's so much. Stuff oh yeah. I think like once a week I call my, I, I work with this mentor. I'm like, can you guys just buy us out? And he's like, when you're serious, <laughs> let me know. But like, stop threatening that. So I'm like, can you just buy the company? Like yeah. I can't, I can't anymore. But I then know. it like goes away and yeah, you know, it happens. But it it happens. happens. It happens like yeah. you have any other job, you know, you yeah. wake up, you're like, I can't believe I'm going to do this again yeah you know you have that same feeling you know and then things like last night for me make it all worth it yes like I was terrified to give that talk I was telling Clay earlier in the week just like going down my spiral of like self-pity which was really cute and (laughs) and he was like it's he said it's like watching me tumble downstairs and like not being able to stop me but I was like going down the spiral and was like, why do I even sign up for this? Like, why do I do this to myself? I don't even, I just want to quit. Like, I don't even know. And then I give this talk and this little five-year-old, did you see her there yesterday? She She comes up to me 
first of all, I love that dad who brought his five-year-old to a yes. conference of like change makers and leaders and speakers and all this stuff and asked me for my autograph. Oh, and she's so sweet. literally I was like, Oh, okay. And I, I wrote dream big Maya, like love Krista. And she like almost had tears in her eyes. And I was like, okay, that girl is never going to hire me, but I made her feel something. Yeah. And this is why I do it. Cause for me, the drive isn't really about, I guess my bigger mission isn't about money. Of course, the more money we make, the more people we can help. Yeah. But for me, I have this bigger mission of like actually changing or like moving the needle in the marketing industry. Yeah. And we yesterday, thank you. Mm-hmm. And seeing the response yesterday, like people taking notes when I talk. I was taking notes. Which was so <laughs> funny. I'm like, we're meeting tomorrow. Why are you taking notes? You're like, I was just taking notes. There were so many good nuggets in there. Yeah. It was really fun to like really speak my truth in a way. And the funny part is, is I wasn't actually talking about a marketing strategy at all. I wasn't talking about specific ways to run Facebook ads. I was talking about like a bigger idea here. And when it was received like it was, and I had people coming up to me that resonated. Thank you. I felt so much. I had tears. I'm like, okay, this is all worth it. I have moved somebody and that is the point of why I do what I do. And I mean, it's just, and I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. And it, I hadn't been that nervous, honestly, since my wedding day. What? Like my heart pounding, like yeah. racing, so yeah. scared. I can, I, yeah, I can understand that though. And at, at the end of it though, I was like. It was not only the audience, it was being live streamed too. It was live streamed. It was vulnerable. I'm talking about Dharma, all of these yeah. things. And then at the end of it, I'm like, man that feels so good. Like how many people that work a nine to five or, you know, not to diss nine to five. I I know people that are like making amazing things happen and love their job, but how many people feel that like rush of like, holy shit, I'm about to put something out there. It could go well, it could be shit, but I'm going to do it. Like that's a pretty special thing. It is. <laughs> and it's just funny. Like I'm grateful for those moments. I, I think we feel them less and less. Yes, I know. Like I used to feel that all the time. I know. Why is that happening? You know? We need to put ourselves more into those situations. Like we're so you learn comfortable. So much about yourself. Oh well, but I feel like society is leading us that way, especially technology. Everything's tailored to exactly what you like. You don't see anything that you're against. Yeah. Everything is tailored to you, curated to you, based on your interests, um, and that's how you live life nowadays. Yeah, and those times that, like, now that I'm thinking about, it, like, the last time before that was when I went to Nepal. Mm-hmm. Like, when you put yourself outside your comfort zone, yes. and the best three things I did last year were get married, go to Nepal, and do this talk. <laughs> yes. And those were the three times I yeah. felt that. So I think... You know, that really showed me like, okay, you've gotten way too comfortable that you can count on one hand the last, like the amount of times you felt this this year. And I got to keep putting myself out there. And and of course, knock on wood, these times have all been a success, (laughs) but it also could have gone the other way. I could have forgotten my whole speech. In both ways, you know, you learned so much. So maybe the next step or maybe this rush could be felt if you decide to start something, you know, so... People should not be afraid of that. Like, I think actually is a very good 
you know, like analogies, like feel that rush instead of, you know, giving a talk or going to a different country by yourself, start something. I bet that will give you Oh, yeah. The day we launched Authentic Audience, I like launched it and then like hid. And I know a lot of people that do that actually, like they'll launch something and then like turn their email off or like go on a silent retreat. And I'm like, guys, like, come on. But it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. So I think that goes back. It's a perfect like loop to close this conversation is like start something. Yeah. And you've done a lot of things yeah. and you continue to do a lot of things. So I mean, and, what's yeah. next? <laughs> just on that note though, because I just remember yeah. this quote. I don't remember from who though. It's okay. It's I like, misquote people on uh, here yeah, all the time. Oh, it's like my thing. I don't thing. remember, but I love this quote, which is don't, which I think goes like this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're paraphrasing. Yeah. Don't wait until the conditions are perfect to start. Starting makes the conditions perfect. I love it. Isn't it good? That's good. I love it. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, and it's so true. It kind of reminds me of sailing too, which – Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm, I don't know anytime about I, I know. I'm a sailor, and so when I hear anything <laughs> about conditions, oh, I yes. just think weather. But it, like, totally goes yeah. with sailing. Anyway, yeah. so back to 109. Um is there anything like exciting coming up that you want to share or plans yeah. for the future? Or are we just, you know, taking it day by day, which is what I'm doing right now? Yeah. Well, first I want to put myself like available for your audience and community, like people that are wanting to start something and just like to chat sometimes, or maybe even ask specific questions for me. I feel like we really need to support each other and building that supportive network is really hard. So you know, we feel, I, my email is on the 109 website, 109world.com. Feel free to shoot me an email. If you're in Colorado, we'll love to go and grab a coffee, but otherwise just share a nice conversation. Um, but in terms of 109, we have many exciting things happening. The first is, of course, always our experiences. They're all so different from one another. Uh, in our upcoming trip is to Marrakesh, but that one is sold out. But Woo! we have... <laughs> Thank you, Krista. <laughs> but we have um, you did it. I just got it in front of the right people. <laughs> but which is very important. It is. Um, and after that, we have what we have. Uh, we usually have our annual women empowerment retreat, which is for women only. Well, speaking uh, of bringing an amazing network of women together, right? I keep like refreshing it, just like watching it because yeah. like part of me wants to go I mean all of me wants you to go. go so bad yeah yeah so this will be a very special long weekend journey in August in Zion National Park in Utah here in the U.S. and we are bringing three amazing women professionals um, to guide sessions uh, focused on healing our past embodying our present and shaping our future so all of this will be through uh, mindfulness practices, so yoga, meditation, journaling, but also a lot of personal development um, sessions to really go and dive deep. So if you feel called, if you feel ready to do this work, this trip is being created with so much love and care and professionalism uh, by 109. And these three amazing ladies being invited to guide the sessions, which are B. Bosnak, Shirin Skandami, and Cat Short. And feel free to go to the website, to the 109 website to read all about it. Um, but this will not be a vacation. 
So no, if you feel like relaxing, I know. I'm like a that's slightly not for triggered you. by it. I'm like, am I ready for all this shit to come up? <laughs> yeah. Because I know, I know it's going to be work. It's yeah. like when people book a yoga teacher training thinking they're going to relax. And yeah. It's like the most challenging. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I wanted to quit. Oh, God. But I, again, a day doesn't go by where I don't think about that experience. So it's like these moments. Yes. Are, and I love that you curate this one just for women. I think that that's very special yes. and very cool. Yeah. Uh, we talked on Olivia's podcast, I think last week about creating these spaces just for women. And we don't want that to be attached to be against men. That, that's not the conversation here. Here's like, most of us have been wounded uh, women by men and we will only feel safe to be vulnerable and start tapping into that wound and healing that wound. If, they're not around. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also sometimes it's just more fun to not Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's the reason why it's women only. But if you're more like relaxing, enjoying the weather and beautiful landscapes and environment, but also give back. We have our last trip of the year, which is to Mexico in August. We're going back um, to continue I the work we Mexico. started there last year. So we built a from scratch, a turtle sanctuary. A beautiful, turtle massive turtle sanctuary. Oh, my God. The yes. turtles hatching there in Mexico are, like, my favorite. So we are going back this year to continue the work. So now we are planning to um, build a community center right next to it because together with the initiative of our local partner, who is called La Tortuga Viva, they have education as a big part of the program. So it's not only sea turtles protection and literally, uh, you know, saving the eggs from poachers uh, and putting them in the sanctuary when they hatch, releasing them to the ocean, but also educating the local community. How do you do not eat turtle eggs anymore? You know, how do you protect the oceans and the beach? So we are really excited to see if we do something around either building a little community center, a little classroom right next to the sanctuary so they could host those sessions with the community there. So that would be in December. And on top of that, we stay at the most beautiful place in Mexico. It's an eco-boutique hotel called Playa Viva. They have a private beach entirely for them, and it's all sustainable. The rooms are all tree houses. So Uh, cool. It's just the most beautiful place, honestly, that, that I have ever been. Yeah. And you wonder why when I first met you, I was like, I got to step up my game. Like, listen to this. <laughs> You're like, what's coming up? Oh, just like 18 things that I've like curated and organized. I'm also like helping the world as we go. And I'm like, I'm launching an email marketing campaign. <laughs> no, like, which helps no. us. Totally, totally. It all feeds yeah, into each other. Makes- but it's you are like, every time I, you know, tell you this, you sort of, you know, don't let me tell you this. And it's like, it's really inspiring. Thank you. It's really inspiring. And I I just want you to like sit with the impact that you have a little Thank bit you. more. I always want her to like be more in front of the camera and share more about what she's doing because clearly, obviously, after listening to this, you realize she's a badass <laughs> in every sense of the word. So um, on that note, I always ask the two same questions to yeah, my people. And the first question is, if you could think of an inauthentic moment that happened around business, a decision, something that happened, and sort of how that came about and what happened. Yes. Uh, There are so many examples. (laughs) Because I think we talked this last night, which is there are – when there are some some amazing opportunities that come with not following your values and not being true to them, you're like – 
should I take this partnership? But this person fucking sucks. I'm sorry, my language. But I've, I've said true. that like you five know. times. Yeah. So this person is absolutely a horrible human being. But I know. But that what could this do for I, my business? Yes. Yeah. So you're like, like really deciding on that is so hard. And I learned my lesson last year. We partnered with, um, you know, um, a, I don't know, like an individual an organization that was not value that were not values aligned. And I knew from the beginning. And I also, my gut was telling me this is does not this is does not is not feeling right. Um, but I just move along you know I just continue designing an experience with them uh really thinking it could drive a lot of value to our community but to the organization we were partnering with too because those two partners were powerful yeah you know they had all the resources we always wanted to direct to our community and our projects and it was a disaster I mean they they were not really committed to the cause um their egos got on the way um, and got on the way from treating our community well, from treating 109 well, and to not driving any value at all to our local partners. Uh, and how do you detach 109 from that impression, right. from that mistake? You, you don't because that's, we were part of it. That's like my biggest thing is my reputation. And, and you are such a face of 109, and I yeah. am such a face of authentic audience, and we've had a similar situation happen. And I haven't talked about it super publicly, but the same thing happened where a partnership that I made um, left a bad impression. Yeah. And I was responsible yes, for are. that. And it, I like lost sleep. I was totally. sick. And I knew too, you know, it's like sometimes we just got to listen to our gut. You have to. Is My boyfriend says, your gut is your faster intelligence. Some people don't like the term gut. Oh, what is what does that even mean? Is your faster intelligence? For some reason, you that already knows it's not right or it's right. So you need to listen to it. I love that. Okay, so now maybe can you share uh, an authentic moment that maybe was a tough decision, but you stood in a place of authenticity and what was right for you and alignment and how that went down. A consequence of that was first create another value in our organization and include in our manifesto, which is a copy of my partner's, one of his values, which is no assholes. (laughs) (laughs) So no assholes means I don't hire people that treat other people bad. Uh, I don't partner with other people. There are assholes in all the negative ways a person can be. It's like under the umbrella of asshole, you know, either you're not caring for the world, you treat people wrong or you don't love yourself. So you're rude. To, with everybody else, whatever that may you, I put a label on you as an asshole. It's, you're <laughs> if not, you say they're an yes, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, they're not going to even get close to one nine. And how does that feel like having that sort of like discrepancy over? Actually, it's so nice to have that because before I didn't have it. So I would see as missed opportunities. Right. And now it's like, I am true to my values. So and I'm feels sorry. so good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it feels really good. Values actually are useful. Some people will just put them on the website, but no, there's such an amazing guidance to remember what your North Star is. I know? mean, I think that's what makes a company successful, yeah. truly, is yes. staying true to your values and, and follow them, use them. You yeah. Know, people create manifestos and then what? Is on the website or is in a frame in an office somewhere? No, you create them for something to help you guide who you hire, who do you partner with. Who's like, how do you drive value to all of the people around you? 
Um, yeah, so having that on our values now, it made it really easy and it makes it feels good, actually, instead of feeling bad, you know, feeling like, oh, I might be missing an opportunity here. Now I'm like, right. no, I'm very true to right. my values. Right, If anything, it's like an exhale that you have that. Yeah. I love that. I'm so glad you did this with me. Thank you for giving me the space to talk about 109 and all of this. And I appreciate you so much as a person, but as a professional. And I am so grateful you are starting a podcast uh, where people can be true and very down to earth and talk about the hard things about hard things yeah. because there isn't a lot there. There's a book called that, yeah. but I read it and it was not really helpful. actually. <laughs> so, well, it's like, Hey guys, I mean, I, I, I want to inspire people, but also at the end of the day, my bigger value is yeah. honesty. Yeah. And I think authenticity and to me being honest and being radically honest is really important. It was yes. one of our wedding vows. Mm. And I just want this podcast to be just that. Like it's inspiring, of course, like who could not be inspired mm-hmm. after listening to that, but also, you know, and encouraged and all of that stuff. But also it's like no walk in the park. Yes. And for people to, you know, go out and say that it is, I just think that that's shitty because it doesn't help people set realistic expectations of what starting a business really is. And there's not a day that goes by where I'm not grateful I did it and I'm doing it, but it's real. (laughs) So thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to just hear all of the exciting things that are to come for you. Um, Again, more about 109 is 109world.com. I'll put all of that information in the show notes. And if you need anything else she has offered, which yes, is like, please. that's one reason why I love you so much. And she's serious about that. She I is am. like the connector. Like by the time you get home from dinner, you'll have an email from her connecting <laughs> her you to somebody else. And yeah, just. So we need to support each other now more than ever. So I agree. I, mean it, yes. I agree. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you for listening to this wonderful episode. And as always, keep growing. Bye.